you know, you mentioned a lot in your course that be do have mentality. And I really like that one to get people started. It seems, you know, simple, but it's something that really you have to kind of convince yourself of and really adopt it. Um, but, you know, instead of waiting around and saying, oh, you know, later I'll get to this when I have time or I'm going to change this thing down the road. It's no, you have to if you want to be this person now, you have to do it now. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a burned in teacher. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 180 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. I say us because today I'm going to share with you a Burned In Teacher student spotlight from a Burned In Teacher student named Alyssa. Alyssa was so gracious and came on to uh, and met me on Zoom so that I could interview her uh, the day before we are leaving for our spring break. Y'all, we are catching a plane as I record this tomorrow to Florida for spring break. And this year has not been a terrible one. It's actually been a pretty good year. Overall, um, I don't know if I've ever been so excited to just kind of get away and just, just kind of leave all of it behind for a little bit. And so that's what we're getting ready to do. And what you're going to notice in Alyssa's interview is she's going to talk a little bit about how she um, she joined Burn and Teacher University in late spring, early summer of 2022. And so she went through the course in the summer. And this episode is going to launch to you, you're probably listening to this, in late April, early May. So we are close to the one-year mark that Alyssa has joined Burden Teacher University. And that's one reason that we sort of decided, she and I went back and forth and decided that this would be a great time to and interview her and see how the school year has gone with her adopting these new burden teacher principles and mindsets um, into her day-to-day practices. And I think you're just going to love what she has to say about how it has changed her perspective, her mindset, and her outlook as um, as she moves now out of the 2022-23 school year. 
So with it being this time of year, I want to formally invite you into Burned in Teacher University. I know during the school year, it can seem like a lot to add, quote unquote, one more thing to your plate, where I don't subscribe to that when it comes to this course or any sort of personal development that you invest in. Um, as you heard her say in the intro to this episode, the time is now. The time is not later. The time is now if you need the help. Uh, so go to burnandteacher.com slash course. Check it out. If you've, I, I can assume that many of you have been on that page already and explored the idea of what it would look like and sound like and feel like to be a burn-in teacher. And I'm telling you, the time is now. I want you to look forward three months from now once if you were to enroll in Burn-In Teacher University, say today, um, either right now or after you listen to this episode and Alyssa really sh shows you the possibilities that come about with this, this type of course. And I want you to envision what you want your life to feel like and look like as you're closing your summer as you're getting ready to go back into the classroom, whether it's a brand new classroom that you've never been in before or the same, literally the same class that you've been in for the last 20 plus years. I want you to envision what you want to see, what you want to feel, and what you want to hear come out of your own mouth or within your thoughts and what you envision the rest of your year looking like. Because if it's like mine used to be, I used to dread it and I used to try to press it out of my mind as far as possible. Um, but that's not my truth anymore. And for a lot of Burnin Teacher University students, that's not their truth. They no longer dread their days. They no longer face the Sunday scaries. Um, they don't even have those words in their vocabulary. And if they start to, they know that they have forever access to this course to come in, refresh, recharge, re-energize, and to dive back in to their days and weeks with a fresh outlook uh, for their future. And you deserve that too. So again, go to burnedinteacher.com slash course, learn more and email me at support at burnedinteacher.com or you can always click contact on uh, at burnedinteacher.com and send me a message and I will answer you personally. You can also DM me at burnedinteacher on Instagram if you have any questions at all. And of course, in our Facebook community, our free Burn and Teacher podcast Facebook community. Dive in there at facebook.com slash groups slash teacher. There are so many ways for you to connect with myself and other Burn and Teacher University students to ask questions and to find out if this is legit, if this is a real thing. I'm here telling you that it is, and maybe you just need to talk to another teacher who has gone through it to see um, how it's helped them. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my friend Alyssa. She's a first grade teacher in Massachusetts, and she is continuing to go strong into her 11th year of teaching since going through the Burn and Teacher University course. I'll see you inside. Burn on. Well, hi, Alyssa. Thank you so much for joining us on the Burn and Teacher podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Amber. It's really great to be here. It's my first time being on a podcast, so it's oh, really exciting. That is really exciting. Well, I'm so grateful that you are joining us today to tell us about your burnout story and your experience with Burned in Teacher University. And so tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so I live in Massachusetts. I grew up in Massachusetts, um, and I currently live in a suburb of Boston with my husband. Um, I also enjoy spending a lot of time with my parents and my sister who live nearby, and in my free time, I love doing yoga. Um, I love dancing. I've been doing salsa dance for the past six or seven years. Um, and I also love being outside in nature. We spend a lot of time going on hikes, going on trips to national parks and mountains and things like that. You're speaking my love language right now. I, I don't know if you know that about us, but we just love spending time out 
on hikes and exploring national parks. And yeah, that's just a great, great outlet. So what grade do you teach? So I'm currently teaching first grade. Um, I'm in a classroom called SEI Integrated, which means that I have students who are native English speakers, as well as students who are sort of beginner, advanced, um, intermediate English learners as well. Um, So we have a mix of students in my classroom. I've done that for the past several years and I'm currently in my 10th year of teaching. So I've been over the years in all different early childhood grades um, from pre-K through second. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the last few years have been in first. So I'm I'm hanging out here for a while and and trying to kind of settle into one position after being, you know, switched around for, for many years. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. That's really nice that you've had the ability to kind of grow into this position. Is this something you've always wanted to work with English language learners? I don't think I knew that when I initially started teaching. I did. I studied early childhood and undergrad. So I kind of knew right from, you know, college that I wanted to go into teaching. Um, and then actually through, th- through some service programs that I did in college, I decided that I wanted to spend a couple of years in a volunteer teaching program after graduating. So my first two years of teaching actually were in Honduras um, and I taught in a bilingual school there. So I kind of developed a love for the language and you know the multicultural aspect there. Um, when I came back, I also taught in a dual language program in Boston. Um, and so I've been, yeah, kind of heading in that direction ever since of, of spending more time with since we're language learners, um, I was an ESL specialist for a few years. So yeah, so I've worked with kind of that population in a few different capacities. Oh, that's really, really cool. I visited Honduras in high school. We went on a missions trip there. I oh, was cool. a junior. Yeah, it's such a beautiful country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with this being the Burned In Teacher podcast, I'd like to start with the hard stuff. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your, your challenges with burnout, um, what that looked like, what that felt like when it was, you know, what brought it on, you know, anything you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, I think as I was actually reflecting, you know, preparing for this conversation, I realized I probably had an earlier kind of episode of, of burnout that I didn't identify as that at the time. Um, when I was teaching in Boston in 2017, I had a very challenging year and I ended up switching districts and switching positions. Um, I took a break from being a classroom teacher and I switched to an ESL specialist. And I think that at the time that kind of solved the problem, it gave me a little time to recuperate. Um, But the story that sort of brought me to you um, was last school year. So the 2021-2022 school year. Um, And that was the first year that we were back fully in person after remote learning. Um, And I think the main challenge for me that year was I had a handful of students who had very challenging behavior um, due to trauma, you know, different disabilities, anxieties. um, And I think just the fact that, you know, they were all coming back to in-person learning Mm -hmm. after so long and dealing with so many like social emotional needs. Um, So that was just something that throughout the year was really draining to me. And um, I think, you know, it caused me to have like a lot of negative thoughts uh, about my own teaching, like why are, why are students like this in my class? What am I doing wrong that, you know, I'm not able to handle these things. Um, and I was feeling really alone in that. I um, didn't have a paraprofessional that year because they just couldn't hire anybody. Um, the position was vacant. Um, I did have a part-time student teacher for a couple of months, 
But most of the time I was pretty much, you know, on my own and kind of trying to handle a lot of needs um, and just wasn't really feeling a lot of support from the other people in my school, the counselors, the administrators. And, you know, looking back, I think they want they wanted to support, but everyone was sort of going through these challenges coming out of the pandemic, right, of not having enough resources, not having enough staff um, and having so many students who needed us. Um, so, but I was just, you know, kind of feeling really left in the dark and struggling to get these students what they needed um, and just like dreading coming to school every day, just worrying about like, what crazy thing is this kid going to do today? You know, will we be able to make it through any lessons? Is everyone going to be safe? Um, and so a lot of just like negative thoughts kind of circling and not being able to like get myself out of this situation with the group of kids that I had. I can feel that so deeply. I, I totally know what that's like to feel that dread of going to school every day and not wanting to get out of your car um, and like yeah. driving away and being like, I don't want to drive back. Mm -hmm. I I have been in that in that position. So you said you didn't feel like you, um, even though you, you now believe that they wanted to support, maybe they didn't know how or just they were stretched too thin. Did you have anybody outside of school that you could turn to for any support at that time? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely discussed all of these things with family and friends. Um, but, you know, another sort of side challenge of all of this was that I was just feeling miserable and not myself. And whenever I would spend time with like family and friends, I felt very negative. I felt like I wasn't able to give, you know, who, who I wanted to give to them. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't able to be present when I was when I was with people. Um, and I felt like I was just sort of always like venting and complaining, like I hate this job, I hate, you know, I hate going to school every day. And and so everything just sort of became negative. And I feel like people were were good support and were good listeners, but it it wasn't necessarily anything that would actually change my situation. Right, right. It was the venting, it was getting it out, but then it wasn't followed yeah. with like massive support of like suggestions or resources or, you know, any of the things that you really needed at that time. Right. So how did you find, you said you found burned in teacher around that time. So how did you, how did you find, was it the podcast? Was it Instagram? What, what was it? Where did you find me? Yeah. So I actually, um, or in the spring of 2022, I kind of started to have that feeling of, you know, I need to reach out to other teachers. I need to reach out in my network and start to see like, how are other people managing this? What can I do to get out of this situation? So I started talking to just some different colleagues who I knew, you know, either had families that they were able to balance and I was curious to hear how they made it sustainable or other people who maybe were leaving and I was curious to hear their perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a coworker who connected me with um, a different podcast, the Teacher Career Coach podcast. Yeah. Um, and I started listening to that, but that was more focused on leaving teaching. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I was at the point that I wanted to leave teaching, but at the same time, I didn't really know how I was gonna come back for another year. So I was kind of trying to find like, all right, I'm not ready to leave, but how can I at least get myself prepared to come back in the fall? Mm -hmm. um, and I believe you had been interviewed at one point on that podcast yep. um, or some, somehow I was connected to yes. you through that podcast. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, started listening and, and kind of being connected to other resources through that. Um, so, yeah, I looked up your course, you know, on the website and it, it felt to me like exactly what I needed at the time. And, you know, I had nothing to lose and um, I wasn't planning to do any teaching or anything over the summer, which I know was, you know, a true privilege to be able to kind of take that time and reset. Yes. 
Huge perk of teaching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I did your course over the summer. Um, and, you know, I also did a couple of other sort of self-care things. I went on um, a couple of days yoga retreat, which was awesome. Um, I did like some therapy as well. So it was kind of like, let me just throw out like everything I've got and, you know, try to get myself back in a good shape for the fall. Um, so, yeah. So that was that was how I found you and your course. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, the summer is like when a lot of teachers join the program. That's when a lot of people mm -hmm. enroll. And I totally get it. You know, I'm there too. Like we can't handle what seems like one more thing, even though I don't like to say that the course is one more thing. I feel like it is the thing mm -hmm. um, that can really help you to pull through, especially in those really hard rock bottom moments. And I know you and I connected quite a bit there when you first, when you first joined. And I asked you if you'd be willing to share your story because you were just, you kind of poured your heart out in an email at one point. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, more people need to hear this. And we strategically waited until spring because you wanted to see, you know, how this would all kind of play out now that you've done all of this work on yourself over the summer. You know, it's easy right. to say that things are going to be different in the summer when you're fresh and you're renewed and you don't know what the, what the students are going to be like. You don't know what the year holds. It's mm -hmm. a different story when you're actually in it then in the fall, winter, and now spring. Right. So can you kind of give us a, a, a window into what, how your days and how your weeks are different now than they were pre burned in teacher? Yeah, I think, I mean, I talked a lot about when you asked about, you know, my burnout story, I think I talked a lot about what was going on in the classroom with my kids, but I think the other piece of it was also that unbalanced piece, like, because I was so drained during the day. I wasn't able to focus during my prep time or focus at the end of the school day to get like my planning and my prepping done. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, you know, taking work home on the weekends and kind of resenting all of that that happened outside of school. So one piece of, you know, what I wanted to do from taking the course was really to get as much as possible my work done, like in school hours, be prepared, not have to, you know, deal with school things outside of school. Um, and that was new for me, like for most of my career, I was always kind of a weekend planner. I always did like Saturday mornings or Sunday afternoon lesson planning. And I think in the beginning that was fine for me, but then as these years kind of got harder during the pandemic, it, it became really a resentful thing for me. Like I can't, I don't want to do this on the weekends anymore. Um, so yeah, so I did like some hab habit shifting based on some things I learned from your course. Um, so now I use um, the Trello board actually that you had showed and I set up ahead of time, you know, this is how many hours I want to work each day this week. And I kind of plan out like what tasks am I doing before school, during school, after school. Um, and it's, you know, it's certainly not perfect. It's a, it's a work in progress still, but I try as much as possible to kind of stick to those plans. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been able to keep my hours around 45 hours per week. Um, and very minimal, if anything, like no work on the weekends. Um, and that has been life changing, honestly, yeah. um, just to be able to really renew and recharge and enjoy my weekends and be present. Um, even if, you know, there's some little detail that for the next week that, oh, maybe I didn't quite finish it to the point where I wanted to, but I come in and I feel more ready to be with the kids and more myself. Um, so that's been really one huge change is just like having everything ready before the weekend coming in on Monday and just being ready to go. 
That is incredible. And that's actually one thing that I really, I apply big time in my own classroom is I do not leave on Friday unless I am prepared at least for Monday. And now it's gotten to be where I leave on Thursday and I typically have my whole next week pretty much planned out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things here and there, like you mentioned, but I'm definitely not worried on Saturday or Sunday about what I'm going to be doing on Monday. That's right. like the worst feeling in the world, especially yes. when it's just one of several factors that are very hard throughout our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely used to have like that Monday scramble to try to get everything ready. Um, and now, yeah, like you said, by Thursday or Friday, it's done you know, for the most of the next week come in and everything just goes so much more smoothly. Um, I think, you know, I have the benefit now of having been in the same position for a few years. So thankfully my curriculum is pretty familiar to me and I'm not like recreating new things. Mm -hmm. So I know that it would look different if, you know, we're someone who was in a position for the first time or in a new grade level. Um, But I think the same strategy works of kind of saying, you know, these are the hours, this is when I'm doing each thing and just being really intentional about it because, Otherwise, I would just sit down and just feel so scattered and I wouldn't do anything. Yes, so. 100%. And I'm so glad you also talked about kind of that that idea of it's called work creep that happens to us as teachers. Like when we first start teaching, we're not like we're new and we're fresh and we're excited and we are, we don't really think twice about, you know, putting in some hours on a Saturday or a Sunday um, or in the evenings, you know, it's fine. But then after a couple of years for, for a lot of teachers, not for everybody, everybody's different. Um, it becomes drudgery work. It becomes like, I have to do this now on the weekend because I don't have anything done for Monday. Like I have to do this now. This becomes urgent Mm -hmm. and that urgency creates that anxiety. Um, and so I'm really glad you mentioned that because I I really want to stop normalizing working on the weekends, like to be a good teacher. I I think that that just needs to stop. And, and I want to say too, though, I I will say when my kids were young and I'm not sure, I don't think that you have young children or children at home. Okay. When, when my, when Jeff and I's girls were younger, it really was actually very nice for either one of us. We both taught in the same school um, to leave the girls with the other and go to the school for a couple of hours. And I remember mm-hmm. a couple of weekends, I would go in for a couple of hours. I would come home and he would go in for a couple of hours. We were both new-ish teachers. And that was just nice to have that quiet, like, I'm not going to get interrupted. Right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get these few things done and then be done. And and that worked for a while. But then, you know, I I think that we got to a point where we're like, we don't need to do that anymore, but it was because Mm -hmm. we, we set up systems that set ourselves up for success in that way. So I'm really, really glad to hear that you've also done that for yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned dealing with small kids and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, you know, as we start thinking about having our own family and how is this a sustainable career when you have like your own small kids at home, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just feel oftentimes so exhausted from the day with my own, like with my little ones at school and just trying to imagine, you know, how do people do that when they have their, their own little kids at home? Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to kind of put those systems in place ahead of time. Um, But yeah, so that was one, one habit that I changed. Um, And then another one that's also been really helpful for me is um, a little bit earlier than taking your course, I guess throughout the pandemic, I had started doing a little bit of meditation, um, but it wasn't really a very consistent practice, especially during the school year, I was like, oh, I don't want to get up any earlier to, you know, to do anything in the morning before school. I already hate getting up early. 
Um, no, blame you. But I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Like I decided I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier in the morning. I start by just doing a short, like five minute meditation, usually just, you know, guided meditation audio. Um, and then I journal a little bit in the morning, um, sort of based on some, some guidance that you had given also, like I write down some things I'm grateful for, some goals and intentions for the day. And then I revisit that in the evening. Um, and that's been a really nice practice too, to just sort of center myself before the day starts. And I feel like for the most part, I've been able to maintain like a much more calm presence throughout the day with my kids. Um, you know, we have students who are challenging every year, right? And I have a handful this year as well, but I feel like my approach to them has been so different than my approach last year, just because I'm in a better space and I'm calmer heading into my day. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you mentioned that too. Um, I was telling my husband a few, it, it's been a couple months now that I said, I've never been so calm, you know, facing these challenging students that I've had this year. I, I can't imagine what like 2010 Amber or even, you know, new teacher 2007 Amber. I, I can't imagine how she would have handled things differently. It wouldn't be pretty. I can tell you (laughs) that much, but now it's just a, it's just a ripple in our day, right? It, It doesn't have to destroy our whole day, especially if you're setting yourself up with that intention and that mindfulness before you start your school day. So that's, that's amazing. Great job. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I definitely feel, you know, even if it's a hard day at school, I feel like I'm able to just let it go. When I leave, I come home, you know, I do whatever I do in the afternoon, my exercise, my yoga, my dinner with my husband, and it doesn't feel like it has like affected the whole rest of my day the way it used to. Um, So that's, that's a big change. Yeah, 100%. So what advice would you give to a teacher who is struggling and asks for your help? What would you tell them? Yeah, I think, I guess for me, you know, I've talked a lot about habits. I think it was kind of a two-part thing for me. I think it's the habits, which is more of the concrete, tangible change, Mm -hmm. along with kind of that more inner, like mindset change and reflection piece. Um, For me, I feel like those two really went hand in hand. So, you know, you mentioned a lot in your course that be, do, have mentality, And I really like that one to get people started. It seems, you know, simple, but it's something that really you have to kind of convince yourself of and really adopt it. Um, But, you know, instead of waiting around and saying, oh, you know, later I'll get to this when I have time or I'm going to change this thing down the road. It's no, you have to if you want to be this person now, you have to do it now. Um, And I think just starting by changing really small things one at a time, like looking at what's in your control taking these little habits and just sort of implementing one at a time and seeing, you know, how, how it can really affect your day in a big way. Um, even just with these small changes. Yes. I'm so glad you highlighted that. It's just one small thing that you can try. It doesn't have to be a new thing every day. It can be that one new thing that you want to build into your routine, right? Mm -hmm. Until it becomes that ritual and it becomes that, you know, that steadfast habit that you have. Uh, that, that's been so that was a huge change for me when I started my journey back in 2016 um, was really having to pay attention, like like going back to that word intentional to say, uh, no, we don't do that anymore. We're not going there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't who we are. And this is not who we want to become. So um, having those conversations with yourself, I love the bead you have mentality is just one of my favorite things to talk about. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny because I feel like your course somehow was the first time in 10 years that I had 
somehow truly been convinced that we are in control of our own time, that, you know, we can make our own choices about what we can control. Just kind of like, I feel like I finally believed that teachers don't have to work all the time to be good at their job. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, just being able to finally convince myself of that and, and agree with that mentality and, you know, knowing that you can align this job to the values that you have as a whole person, as a human. Um, so yeah, really kind of sitting with that like inner reflection piece and convincing yourself of those beliefs and then combining it with some of those small habit shifts that has kind of been, you know, a good combination for me. That's amazing. So I also love that you brought up that you found me on Daphne Gomez's podcast, the teacher Mm -hmm. career coach podcast. Um, So she and I talk, uh, we don't talk every day, but when we do have the chance to connect, we talk about how our programs go so well together because people might be exploring leaving teaching, even though they don't want to, and they just can't imagine continuing on this path that they're on, like this path of working all weekend, nights, weekends, the exhaustion, the hopelessness. And um, I have, I've had several people who have found me on her podcast because they really are exploring leaving, which is totally admirable. Like that if they're saying, I can't, this isn't sustainable, that I'm miserable, then absolutely you should explore other options. And then they find me and they realize that there are some things to try. There are some um, different avenues to explore before actually leaving the profession. And mm-hmm. Daphne has sent people my way and vice versa. I've sent people her way where I've had people email me or people who have connected with me and they're like, you know, I just right now feel like leaving teaching is the best thing, but I don't even know where to start with how to build a resume or, you know, how, what, what job would I apply for? And I'm like, you gotta go, you gotta go follow Daphne because if Mm -hmm. you really feel like right now leaving teaching is the best option for you, I'm not going to try to change your mind. And Daphne is going to be a really great resource for you. And sure enough, they find her and that's exactly what they need. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate that you shared that because, you know, one thing I don't stand for is that, you know, a teacher who is miserable and frustrated with their position in education, um, convincing them that they don't have options. Like you have to mm-hmm. stay because this is what you do. This is who you are. I don't believe that. <laughs> and yeah. if, if, you know, I've left teaching twice and returned twice. So I would be, it would be uh, pretty insane of me to, to tell somebody else that they needed to stay <laughs> because sometimes in leaving, you find yourself and realize that sure. teaching really is for you. We just need to go about it in a different way. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing that comes up in a lot of these conversations is that teachers feel so much of their identity is tied to their career. Like mm-hmm. I am a teacher. That's who I am. What else could I possibly do? You know, a lot of us know very early on that we want to be teachers. It's what we went to school for. And that's definitely the case for me. Like a lot of people in my family are educators. It's just kind of always been the path that I thought I would follow. And you feel like it's this forever career, um, you know, more so than other careers where I think people move around in their positions a lot more. Um, So I think, you know, that was definitely something I was kind of having like internal dilemmas about, you know, when I was thinking last year, do I want to continue? Do I not? And knowing, kind of freeing yourself up from that mentality of thinking, you know, I can continue if I want to, I don't have to, I'm not tied to this forever. Like 
there are other pieces of my identity and just kind of working through that. I feel like now, you know, sometimes when people ask, like, what do you do for work? I feel like just saying, you know, oh, right now, like I, I'm teaching first grade, you know, instead of kind of like just phrasing it differently, like that's what I'm doing now. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm stuck here forever if I feel stuck. Um, and I think moving forward, just feeling more open to possibilities and knowing that like, okay, there are other things out there if it comes to the point that I want to try something different. 100%. And what you've done is you've taken your power back just in the language that you're using. Like you have a choice. And right now you're choosing to teach mm -hmm. later on down the road. You know, if you choose to have kids, maybe that won't be your choice for a while. You know, you don't know and, and not knowing is okay. Right. So I know that you said that you found me on the podcast and that you, you know, then enrolled in uh, Burden Teacher University in the summer. Was there one specific thing that happened where you were like, I need to enroll now? Or was it just kind of a natural next step for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think of I have, you know, one one event in mind that was sort of like the dramatic blow up of my burnout. And I feel like a lot of us have those. I know you talk about yours a lot. Yes. Um, and yeah, so for me, that was April of last year, um, right before we went on our week of April vacation. It was the last day. And I had a really difficult um, experience with two of my students who were having a very physical fight in the classroom. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, I was by myself. I had called you know, for support from the office several times, no one was coming and it was very stressful in that moment to try to figure out like, how do I keep these two children safe from each other as well as the whole rest of the class safe. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, eventually I was able to kind of get one student to come out into the hallway with me, but they were still kind of trying to like battle from opposite sides of the door. Mm -hmm. um, and what ended up happening was a few of the counselors um, and like social workers walked by in the hallway and they saw what was going on. And so, you know, they stepped in to help the class and to help those students. Um, but I was just in this like very heightened, stressed out mode at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I took a break, you know, took a break from the room. They took care of the situation. Um, but later, you know, I found out from the administration that they wanted to like investigate the issue and see what had happened. So I was really nervous, like I'm gonna get in trouble for the way I handled it. Um, and my principal actually asked me to go home early that day because she saw how stressed I was. And I was just like mortified that I had to leave. Um, I didn't get to say bye to my kids before the end of the vacation. Um, and, you know, just went off on, on my week that I was excited for. I had a vacation planned, I had a trip planned. And, and then I was just so nervous, like what's gonna come of this? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that was sort of like my my breaking point, I think. And thankfully, after that, you know, I came back from the vacation and there was some support offered to me in terms of like they tried to put more staff in the room whenever somebody was available. They offered, um, you know, a behavior coach that I could speak with about how to help these kids. Um, so they tried, you know, for the rest of the year to kind of put some more supports in place. But I felt like it got to that point where I was just like, I can't, I can't go on with this situation anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that I kind of wanted to wait until summer to enroll in anything because I wanted to give it my full attention and focus. Um, and I wanted to, you know, like you said, kind of take the control back into my own hands because I was waiting for people at my school to come and help me. And that wasn't always 
something that people could do, even if they had the best intentions. Um, right. You know, I felt like I need to figure out how to manage these situations on my own um, if I'm going to be able to continue. So, yeah, so I kind of, you know, decided over the summer that was the time to refresh and try to gain new skills that would, you know, help me come back ready, ready for the fall. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that those moments are hard to, to sometimes talk about, but I can just imagine how stressful that must've been. Yeah. So why do you think other educators should enroll in burned in teacher university? Yeah, I think for me, I really liked the way it was organized, um, with kind of the eight pieces of the course, the eight modules, um, and how they were released kind of one week apart. So it was really, you know, self-paced and really manageable, I thought, like it never felt overwhelming. Um, I feel like the way that you deliver the content is very digestible. Um, I personally, you know, I like writing things down. And so I really liked having kind of the journal and the reflection notebook to go along with everything. Um, and then I think, you know, I wasn't part of the Facebook community personally, because I don't use social media, but I think just having that community probably for a lot of people is is really important um, to be able to hear the other experiences that people are having and get support in that way as well. Um, and, and I felt that even though I wasn't, you know, on, on social media, like I was able to join the coaching calls if I wanted to, um, and just to listen to your podcast and hear other people's experiences. So I think, you know, for me, it feels like a good first step for people because it's not too overwhelming. It's very clear, you know, in the steps that, that you're going through. And I feel like it sort of meshes well into, into your life already. You know, it's just, um, like I said, making kind of those small, small habit shifts and, um, you know, taking the pieces that work for you and implementing them. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners of the podcast today before we wrap things up? Um, no, I think just, you know, like I said, to kind of try to follow the path that makes the most sense for you. Some people might be wanting to continue. Some people might be wanting to take a break and try something else. And I think that, you know, both of those things are okay. And to take your time and figure out what works best for you. Um, but to, to do something, right? Not to yes, kind of sit. Do something. Yeah, do something, right? Not to kind of sit in, in the negative all the time. And it's hard, right? Like, I, I'm certainly still doing it. There are times when I catch myself with these negative Same. thought cycles. And yes, yeah. But you're able to um, identify them now and to say, wait a minute, like, it's okay to feel this way for a moment, but we're not going to stay here. Yeah. And I think, you know, I did have a couple, definitely had a couple of weeks in this school year also where I started having those same, same thoughts again, like, Oh, why do these things always happen to me? Why is this going on again this year? And, you know, but I was able to pull myself out of it more easily than I have in the past. So I think, yeah, I would say just start somewhere, take a small step and, you know, whether that's trying to make your current situation better, whether it's just, you know, teaching in a different school, whether it's trying something different altogether, um, but I think for me, the key was balance. That was actually like I did one of the word of the year visions that you talked yeah. about and that my word was balance. And so for me, no matter what my choice was about my career, the priority was balance mm -hmm. and to keep, you know, my own like health, my own priorities, my own um, joy right outside of school, my family, keeping all of those things aligned with work. 
And I think just keeping that at the back of your mind is like whatever your values are, whatever your your big word is, kind of keeping that in mind as you decide what changes you'll make moving forward. Oh, that was the perfect way to end this interview. Alyssa, <laughs> I am so grateful for your time and your energy and your story. Thank you so much for investing in yourself and for trusting your um, your job as a teacher, you know, and your belief in yourself. Um, thank you for for putting your trust in me. I I don't take that lightly, and I'm so glad that you came on today to share your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful as well that I found you in your course, and you know all the other teacher podcasts and you know educators out there. There's there's a huge network of support out there right now, and it's so important what everybody's doing to yes. you know help us all make this career the best that it can be for us. So we I'm, need all I'm the help appreciative we of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Alyssa. And for all of you listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us today and take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.